Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi Vijay, thank you so much for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, Ashish, thanks a lot for inviting me over here. Uh, super excited. Uh, I've heard a lot about you and your podcast. Uh, went through a lot of them as well and yeah, really excited to be here. wonderful wonderful i am super excited also so vijay tell us first a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk about go quick sure um so about me i am an mba graduate from iift delhi uh post that i joined axis bank as a management trainee was part of the team that launched upi um, you know in india along with npci right so in Access and uh, HDFC were the first two banks who launched it, along with uh, sorry, Access and ICICI, the first two banks who launched it. Um, so yeah, I was part of the that team there. Uh, worked a couple of years in the digital payments domain there. Post that, moved to Geo, where I was working on projects uh, to enable UPI payments on feature phones, right? The using the USSD feature. So post that, moved to Razorpay, where I was working on bunch of things, especially is focusing on. e-commerce companies and the problems that they face right uh, so yeah i mean there i led uh, marketing and sales uh, for that particular product which is called third watch in razorpay right post that i moved to goquick where i'm doing a bunch of things uh, i'm an early bird at goquick uh, so i lead a couple of products here i take care of partnerships and marketing as well so yeah that's wow. been my wow. journey very very exciting journey i must say and before we dive into go quick i just want to ask you you know you have been involved into this payments this entire scenario so where do you see the future of upi i mean um, it almost killed the wallet system right am i am i understanding correctly i mean um um upi totally uh, sort of um, removed the necessity of wallet isn't it a uh, very very uh, fair uh, understanding upi is massively improving and uh, so to to i mean i don't know if you're aware of this but uh, we are touted to be the best payment uh, like you know wow. system in the world uh, so npci is now getting contracts from countries abroad to try and re- emulate upi there right wow uh, and yeah it has completely killed the wallet business so to speak but i mean now wallets are trying to find new use cases to come up with but uh-huh. yeah it, it is it has been a big uh, like you know step back for wallets as a whole wow uh, that's an that's impressive you know it's always impresses me to hear you know globally people are looking forward to our technology and you know learning from our understanding it's very impressive yes, wonderful so uh, vijay tell us a little bit about go quick what is go quick about for our listeners to better understand what does go quick do got it uh so the way we look at it right uh so the in in the if you look at the entire e retail industry right that is uh, the retail industry coming online the likes of your flipkart amazon etc in the last 2 3 years there is a huge surge in the non amazon non flipkart world which is typically your dot com brand dot com right so for example nike.com puma.com etc and uh, india is seeing a huge uh, wave of d2c e-commerce Which is direct to consumer e-commerce, business, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, all the major brands that you can think of, right? Even uh, legacy ones like, for example, your Shopstop, your Landmark, all of them are coming online, right? Mm-hmm. 
so what we realized is uh, this entire industry needed a lot of technology support right uh, a lot of enablement to kind of compete with these advanced marketplaces who are typically tech first companies right you wouldn't expect a shopper stop to be a tech first company right? absolutely mm. uh, so that is the way we were looking at it and uh, that is where we understood that uh, there is a need for this so the vision of go quick is to like you know enable e-commerce companies uh, improve their conversions increase their gmv right and in overall just be more profitable right that's how we started off with and uh, yeah i mean we are solving a bunch of problems across the board uh, for e-commerce companies uh, and yeah i mean that's that's what go quick does so in in one word we essentially want to increase shopping gmv for uh, e-commerce wow i mean i can imagine if i am running a d2c brand i'll definitely want to try at least and increase the gmv so how do you guys do that uh so we we have uh, identified two to three important uh, like you know use cases that we started off with uh, yeah. fundamentally one thing that we saw was uh, india being a predominantly cash on delivery market right i mean uh, you must have known this but uh, so in, in india uh, still even today 60 to 70% of transactions happen via cash on delivery right okay. and uh, this is in spite of demonetization couple of covid waves and you know every time it uh, for a for a short period uh, cash dips and then it comes back roaring right uh, mm-hmm. so uh, in when i was in uh, raise pay we did a very interesting uh, case study kind of thing mm-hmm. where uh, the title of which read uh, cash is uh, even though digital payment <laughs> is rising right Uh, so that is continuing and what it creates for the uh, e-commerce businesses or these merchants right is it yeah. it creates a ton of issues for them one of them being rto which is essentially return to origin where after the order is placed uh, and when the order is trying to get delivered right uh, they don't the customers don't accept these orders so essentially that uh, to give you some numbers right industry standard is around 25 to 30% rto on cash on delivery orders now imagine the kind of oh, logistical yes. costs and all of that it so, entangles right so just to rephrase what you're trying to say is there is 25% to 30% order placed and customer refuses to accept the order yes i mean uh, so customer refuse i mean i wouldn't say customer refused for some reason or not it wouldn't reach the end customer ah oh uh, interesting so, mm-hmm. yeah. so yes customer refuses a lot of times but there are other logistical issues addresses are incomplete uh, mm-hmm. customer intent changes there was a shopping festival there is a uh, like you know impulse purchase uh, post mm-hmm. that it doesn't happen and then when uh when the order comes the there is another checkpoint right so typically the way you look at it is uh, in wow. a prepaid transaction the transaction gets completed when you check out and place the order right correct whereas in cash on delivery the transaction actually gets completed once the order is delivered because there there is an uh, the customer has a chance to think again correct correct right uh, yeah so this this is the first problem that we are uh, going all on Uh, all in and trying to solve it, and we have seen massive, uh, like you know, success and results in this space. So walk us through, you know, it's very interesting. Never knew, you know, it takes almost. I mean, it's a big chunk. It's significant chunk, you know, which doesn't get 
whatever rejected refuse or whatever reason it doesn't get delivered so how does someone go about solving such problem and how have you help if any you know you have case study success stories of any brands how did yeah. you really help them out sure uh, so or typically the way we do it is uh, we the, if you look at why rto happens uh, you can divide these into three four major buckets right so one of them is trust uh, because these are new websites probably mm-hmm. users do not trust them enough so they would want to place prepaid right uh, the second is like i said uh, intent so there's a lot of impulse intent which shopping festivals advertising mm-hmm. creates right mm-hmm. uh, and the third thing are like you know willful defaulters or people who uh, just have a tendency to do more rtos right right by nature uh, i mean they're like by nature yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fourth one is uh, logistical issues like the address filled in was incorrect or probably the user couldn't fill the right address uh, and and now that there the new uh, e-commerce shoppers right the new online shoppers are coming from tier 2 tier 3 where addresses probably are not as well defined etc right mm-hmm. so these are the three four major buckets so the way we look at it is uh, we use ai ml uh, models right to mm-hmm. kind of predict uh, this behavior upfront so that the business or the merchant can decide what to do with them right so for example mm-hmm. let's say that we have identified a willful defaulter right mm-hmm. so maybe just not show cash on delivery to them uh-huh. right and uh, uh-huh. or maybe we 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 find ways and means to uh, like you know try and uh, ensure that a impulse purchase gets converted right can we mm-hmm. can we have an engaging conversation with that person from the time of order placement till the time the order gets delivered mm-hmm. right uh, and if there is an incorrect address can we can we correct it by ourselves can we find ways to ensure that the address gets enriched and the logistic uh, company doesn't have any issue delivering them right so, yeah, so yeah, these are some of some of the ways that mm-hmm. we do it it's, it is interesting but the other side of the story is for example now if i think from a consumer perspective right i am in some sort of remote place i don't have access to cards for example and i have only access to cash let's presume i go to your website i order something and the system the ai system identifies me uh as um, um cash is not allowed for me at the end of the day uh, i mean i am a customer who's not spending and i'm most likely to switch to some other platform right so what is the sort of false positive rate or how do you um you know make sure the decision given by the system is uh correct what is the sensitivity specificity or whatever way how do you classify to make sure such scenario where someone was looking to buy something and ultimately uh they are not even uh, uh buying anything very very fair question right uh so the way we uh classify willful defaulters right and this is like a very extremely uh like you know a very we call them typically negative ltv customers right uh, where the brand typically loses money by allowing these people to transact more and more right uh, that is how we look at them and we are very very sure that this person uh, exhibits such behavior right uh, so in such uh, when we predict something like this uh, we are very very careful to ensure that we do not have any false positives so uh, so that is there and if this person is a first time user 
so i mean we don't have any uh, like you know history. data about him but let's let's say there is no history right so then we depend on a lot of other behavioral signals for us to understand uh, if this is a genuine customer or not i mean uh, if you if you deep deep uh, deeper right the kind mm-hmm. of insights that you get from behavior analysis is massive mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so for example let's take a small scenario right if you are a sure. genuine user you would mm-hmm. at least read reviews you would at least check a couple of photos you would at least like identify uh, certain things about the product before going mm-hmm. and placing an order right mm-hmm. so these are all behavioral signs that we can work on mm-hmm. got it and uh, what is the most let's uh, so let me put it the other way so what is the most difficult aspect in solving this problem uh so the most difficult aspect in solving this problem if you ask me is the fundamental nature of rto uh so so for example let's say uh, in the us right there are tons of uh, there are like billion dollar companies built on fraud right fraud prevention uh, uh-huh. there it is very easy to classify uh, fraud right because uh-huh. you typically block 1% of all orders right uh, uh-huh. whereas in rto it's it's not really fraud right correct it's it's more delinquent it's more impulse purchase behavior and it's something actually we have created ourselves right i mean uh, <laughs> if you have, if you have uh, looked at mintra right there was this uh-huh. entire campaign going on try and buy right mm-hmm. so so it, it's something that we've created ourselves so the uh, the difficulty of the nature of the pr- problem is to predict a behavior which is uh, a very like you know vast i mean if 30% or 40% of the users are behaving like this right then it it needs to be extremely well crafted and uh, yeah there lies in the challenge and the opportunity right so basically i mean all these platforms have spoiled all consumers like us right <laughs> they are offering just try and buy just have a look <laughs> and it's sort of spoiled i mean uh, so in a country like india where there is a massive uh, like you know trust factor which uh, when people feel stuff and then that is where they really want to buy uh, we are that kind of a uh, like you know nation uh, so i wouldn't say spoil but i would say that uh, with growth uh, with with this tremendous growth of e-commerce in india this is a by product of that right so absolutely yeah. and how does uh, so what's the what's in it for go quick how do you guys make money what's your business model so we typically are a uh, take rate business right uh, so for every uh, uh, mm-hmm. like you know we we typically charge on every transaction and that's how we do it yeah but so uh, we also uh, mm-hmm. ensure that uh, we like you know prove success to uh, brands for every time we charge right so that's the way we work we uh, we involve deeply with the brands we work with them at a much deeper basis to ensure that you know the problem is actually getting solved absolutely i think that's very important to showcase the value um, right i think that's very important and so what's the uh, industry take rate in this segment if you are aware of uh, so the best part or the like like the scary part is uh, there are no other competitors as of now there mm-hmm. are very very small one or two players but uh, yeah i mean right now uh, because i think of the complex nature of the problem we don't have a lot of competitors so yeah mm-hmm. to all the listeners listening this is another opportunity for you guys <laughs> if someone is looking for some new ideas uh interesting and isn't it by solving this particular problem statement you are betting on the fact that cash will remain to be a significant chunk in the future uh so there are a couple of ways of looking at it right i mean nobody can predict the future definitely 
but uh, i mean i have stated a couple of very interesting events in indian uh, history right 2060 18 demonetization uh, mm-hmm. cash came back uh mm-hmm. covid first wave cash came back covid second wave <laughs> cash came back right i mean uh yeah that that is one way of looking at it that yes we are banking on cash and the other way of looking at it is uh we as a fundamental vision want to improve shopping gmv right so mm-hmm. uh rto is just one problem that we are solving right now i mean what we are 10 months old so uh oh, and we okay. uh, yeah this is the first problem we are trying to solve and i mean we are already solving multiple problems but uh, yeah i mean there always ways to improve shopping gmv and if if tomorrow say after 5 years cash dies down we will figure out something else sure absolutely and so what's the second uh, big problem you're solving you guys are solving so uh, we are looking at uh, the entire checkout uh, experience from a very different lens uh, so there are like you know various aspects of it uh, so if you fundamentally look at uh, like you know the entire shopping funnel right there is discovery there is uh, the product page and then there is add to cart which is the second part of it which is your ideation process then the third is your uh, checkout funnel and the fourth one is your post checkout uh, which is your order delivery process right so across these boards there are multiple things that can be done to uh, basically improve customer experience ensure that they have the best in class experience etc so that the conversion rates are as high as possible right uh so we the second thing that we are working on is uh in the checkout product what can be done right so that's the second product and uh, yeah i mean that's also seeing uh, good success so so by checkout product in the sense converting from basket to checkout order that's what you mean like yes. convert yes okay got it got it understood um so it's very interesting and where do you so from a industry standpoint let's say let's pick up that so um you have been into payments and um, you understand this space so what is the how do you see things evolving let's pick up first the this particular segment where do you see more opportunities will be coming up so if you if you i mean we always turn to the west to see uh, what developments can be see, uh, seen in the e-commerce space right because they are Uh, literally running 5 to 7 years ahead of us right mm-hmm. uh, so there are billion dollar companies in each space there is a billion so in us there are companies just for reviews there are companies just for you know like uh, discoveries right and uh, the likes of shopify are now even building discovery platforms right mm-hmm. uh, so the way i look at it the more and more i mean uh, a recent report i was reading d2c d2c e-commerce alone is supposed to be uh, like you know a trillion dollar business by 2022 i think right mm-hmm. uh, so that's how massive that's going to be and if uh, we i think i think we uh, as an e-commerce enablement uh, ecosystem has a huge role to play uh, in ensuring that this gmv becomes as big as it is projected right uh, mm-hmm. so yeah there are opportunities across the table and uh, yeah i mean so we i i feel that as and as and when more and more uh, d2c e-commerce companies come up as and when more e retail grows in india the problems at each stage become massive hmm absolutely right? so then, yeah i think that's the also the other aspect right i mean when we look at the west um, i mean there are so many uh, talking to couple of people and 1 billion dollar company is, is absolutely nothing to them <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like run of the mill um, you know creating a billion dollar company i think in india the depth is definitely 
maybe the markets are not that deep enough i think we will definitely reach at that stage some point in time where as founders we can create or as you know different businesses can create that much value in the ecosystem so i think uh, that time is yet to come but for sure i think uh, yep yep so uh, i the way i look at it is uh, if this does not happen then uh, uh, e-commerce will not reach the expected level right absolutely i mean so e-commerce is in 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 a way is indirectly betting on you know much more consumer spending or if i can say much more spare income or things like that does it make sense or no <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's it's all like a cycle right we need consumers we need solutions to ensure that these consumers are super satisfied they have the best experience and then we need companies to actually sell the product right so it's a, it's a cycle yeah it's a cycle yeah. um, that's great uh, so uh, from uh, your perspective vijay uh, what are the things currently you are working at coquick uh so fr- from my personal capacity uh, i lead a bunch of products right uh, so very till very recently uh, i used to lead product at gokwick and i also used to lead marketing i still lead marketing right uh, uh-huh. so yeah i mean think of me as that one person who came in and uh, said ki okay what are the challenges let's solve them <laughs> so I think that's very common because in early stage you have to wear multiple hats and i think it's part of the experience and it's fun also um yeah, yeah. get to that's, know many aspect yeah so, so what's for me like uh, so fundamentally i think uh, from razor pay this was a huge uh, like you know step up considering the fact that razor pay is such a big company uh, and there are tons of people there to take care of everything right uh, so yeah i mean this is the challenge i wanted and i'm glad i've got it and it's been a fabulous journey so yeah absolutely absolutely i can imagine and so what are the plans from uh, uh, govic perspective uh, what's your i mean let's pick up marketing for example hmm. how do you or what strategies have worked for you guys to onboard new customers for example uh so something fundamentally that what we believe at govic is a product led marketing approach uh so and the fact that uh, the d2c ecosystem in itself right it's a very very uh, like you know engaged and uh, close knit ecosystem so it's it's not something like where you can probably work with a, a merchant and probably not deliver and you can go around and acquiring other merchants right it's a very close knit uh, like you know ecosystem and word travels very very fast mm-hmm. right uh, so the way that that is why we were focused all our marketing uh specifically on ensuring that we can deliver value and then uh, like you know deliver or rather propagate the delivery of of what we have already achieved right so i think that has that is the uh, way we have looked at marketing and uh, the way we also look at marketing is the b2b2c space is really uh, really vacant right and we don't see a lot of i mean cred probably you know cred is still a b2c company but uh we don't see a lot of companies who enable b2b company uh, companies to kind of do marketing right so in the next 6 months we are planning to really uh ramp up on that and see how we can create a brand uh which really stands for e-commerce enablement right uh, so yeah i mean that's what worked for us in the past and this is what we're going to focus on in the next 6 months mm-hmm. definitely i think um there are very few companies who really offer or have that sort of depth 
to be able to provide such uh, so- solution or services for sure yep yep so i mean i think uh, the the fundamental marketing that we do is just uh, just the people themselves right uh, so if you speak to any uh, e-commerce business that you speak to right uh, we have focused a lot on ensuring that we are always available to the merchant when there is a question when there is a need when there is whenever they have any kind of doubt any kind of thing we are always available right and you can see that resonating across the company right so i mean this is the kind of focus that we have where uh, we actually ensure that all of this is uh, percolated to everyone in the company i mean we started what with we had we started this uh, na- last november i think and we are already close to 75 now or close wow. to 100 i mean i'm not i'm not even sure of the number now wow that's impressive yeah. and and there is one thought which came to my mind so when you mentioned about this rto thing so yes. um i remember i won't name the platform from which i used to order so basically uh, they blocked me <laughs> they blocked yeah. me because i had a high return order frequency or something they gave me some reason for it but when i wrote to them i i told them i said listen uh, the reason why i return so much is the first place the product which you deliver the quality is absolutely horrible you know uh, so i mean that is also the inter- interesting side so it's in fashion and apparel space right so the thing is the products with such an convenience right there are so many people who are trying these product i think it just loses its quality and different aspect and at the end of the day when the product comes to you it's it, it is of absolutely no use and they actually blocked me can you imagine <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so uh, very very interesting thought and uh, the way we look at it fundamentally is uh, we bifurcate between rtos and returns right mm-hmm. uh, because the way you look at both of them should be very different rtos are where you haven't even accepted the product right right uh, when in in the case of returns you have accepted the product there is a reason why you probably don't like it do you like it etc right mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i mean returns is a completely different ball game and uh, we will definitely focus on uh, we if if in the future we try to solve that as well i think the way we look at it will be very very different because there i think it's all about ensuring that the return process itself is so seamless right and uh, ensuring that we capture the right reasons so for example let's say that uh, you have returned uh, multiple things across the board right mm-hmm. so then the way we will uh, we will evaluate that should be very different from say if you are always returning i don't know maybe only a t-shirt right mm-hmm. or maybe the fit that uh, we uh, you have is different so for example uh, when i was uh, in my mba right so there was this interesting uh, project that we were doing where mm-hmm. uh, that was the first time where uh, an e-commerce company uh, wanted to capture if the fit is right for this particular person or not right so the, so that the next time that you're placing an order on the same platform it will suggest if the like you know this is the fit that probably was good for you last time right mm-hmm. so 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 things I, like that i think absolutely i mean someone needs to solve this thing because i recently got unblocked also but again it's the same problem <laughs> the quality is horrible <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, they will yeah. block they will again block me i just feel so bad i mean the return guy knows me by my face he said you will ret- again return the product man ka yes <laughs> so i mean 
I have written yeah. so much. I mean, it's a it's a genuine problem statement. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. That, that's the that's the thing, right? I mean, um, as as and when these companies become massive, these problems will become massive. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. Uh, I mean, all of us are uh, the the information symmetry that we have nowadays is massive, right? I mean, everything oh, is available yeah. on the internet. So now then, everyone has to be careful, even brands, even customers. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be a massive uh, exercise, and I think it'll be a fabulous journey for India as a whole, right? I mean, I'll so, definitely yeah. request you guys to look into this return pro- return process. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's definitely. a nightmare for me. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Great, great, um, great, Vijay. Um, so, is there any uh, you know, if you have some interesting trivia facts, anything else you want to share? I think it was really. very enjoyable to talk to you and understand you know all these different sides of the story and how the system is evolving and i think so much to be done and as um you know these brands grow there will be different challenges all together but is there anything else you want to share highlight which i might have missed uh so i think a couple of things that i am really interested uh, to share mm-hmm. uh, is just this year i think 50 plus d2c brands received funding wow right uh, and uh, recently the amount of action that we are seeing in the e-commerce d2c space is like unparalleled right mm. uh, i don't know if you know this but my my glam group uh, created a good a good glam uh, like you know a group kind of thing they have acquired moms co uh, mm. you know baby chakra etc right mm-hmm. and uh, they are creating a very new innovative content to commerce uh, sector right so and then there is the entire social uh, commerce driven by me show and the likes right mm-hmm. so just just so so many exciting things happening and uh, another interesting trivia is after all of this right uh-huh. after all of this entire push of upi everything you wouldn't you would be surprised with the number of uh, like you know uh, generic rtos that happen even today and the number of cash on delivery orders so it's so so typically you would assume that cash on delivery orders are uh, like you know decrease as the merchants uh, sorry customer stickiness improves right correct uh, so if i shop more than five times i probably will change to upi absolutely uh, very interesting fact is there is no correlation between these two things really oh yeah. my god so oh. there are some there are some cases where that happens uh-huh. but uh, typically customers just want to pay via cash that's so strange and it's so counterintuitive maybe i'm not the part of that sample because for me cash is like burden like i have to go take it out and then pay someone with upi just like click 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 i'm done <laughs> yep uh, i mean i i kind of uh, fall in your bucket right uh, yeah. so if you look at my purse right now i don't have a single currency note there right <laughs> so oh, same here same here <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i mean it, it's fabulous india is so heterogeneous right so yeah just people just want to pay via cash wow i mean someone needs to run a study on the profile of such people i mean maybe the business is generating cash or i mean they are just too much comfortable in paying cash i don't know what's what's the catch here but i think definitely very interesting and the second yeah, point yeah. you mentioned right the first point you mentioned the d2c space right it's tremendous the amount of uh, capital which is getting deployed at at the end of the day 
everyone is uh, so here here's the thing you know that's where my sort of skepticism sort of comes in i'm not too sure i'm otherwise very optimistic guy you know overall very optimistic <laughs> but how because at the end of the day if you look into this space of d2c uh there are set channels uh, in terms of you go through amazon flipkart insta i don't know if you can make any sales to that channel i'm not too sure but i mean there are set channel and everyone is spending um you know the funnel is the same channel right and everyone is spending money to acquire customer so how i don't know how sustainable is that model in terms of you know everyone i mean what's the differentiating factor except from the brand right everyone is launching one new product at the end of the day but but i mean there has to be something right there has to be something which differentiate one brand to the other irrespective of the brand because the funnel is same um uh spending amount has sort of increased the customer acquisition cost has little bit increased but what do you think i mean i i'm very just... very i think very fair observation and i think very valid also right uh so i think that is probably what is really amazing in the d2c space is everyone is trying to find their own niche and uh, that that is really really exciting so for example we work with a brand called neemans right uh-huh. uh they make shoes which are really good and they make them from recycled plastic oh, if wow. i'm not wrong uh, basically they have a very unique usp right uh-huh. uh so similarly the whole truth right that's another brand that we work with right mm-hmm. uh, so their entire proposition is uh, you should know what you're eating okay. right so they will name exactly the five ingredients that is made uh, in their food products mm-hmm. right uh, so i mean that that is going to be the differentiator in the future where you pick a niche you really really stand for what you what your product does and uh, yeah i mean so in terms of consumer psychology right uh, i have seen this shift happening in a lot of people where uh, people really want to understand the brand uh, that they want to buy from and the kind of product that mm-hmm. they are using right mm-hmm. so the way i look at it is that's where the competition is going to be next absolutely right so i mean would you would you go to an amazon and buy a like you know a random shoe uh uh-huh. where you probably don't know anything about the company or would you go and buy uh, a product from neemans where you exactly know what they're doing and what they stand for or or the third option amazon basic if they decide to come in yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's the other side of the story okay, but okay. Uh, yeah. definitely i think very interesting developments which are happening and a, a couple of venture capital firm also leading this uh, uh growth uh, and supporting all these brand i think that's terrific um, yep yep uh, we are we are also seeing a very uh, interesting development with the entire global bees kind of companies right yeah. uh, mensa and Glo- mensa's mensa model right so typically oh, yes. yes yes so that is also picking up in india i mean yeah it's it's, it's fabulous the kind of things that are happening i mean if i were to start a t2c brand i think um, my sort of uh, favorite model will be the mensa brand sort of thing right just acquire all these couple of companies and it it looks like much more easier thing to do than just build a brand i mean it's 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 a lot of hard work i can imagine creating a d2c brand <laughs> yep 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 uh, but but i think uh, every founder i mean i have spoken to a lot of founders over the last 6 months right a ton of yeah. them uh, what is common across all of them is the sheer passion to ensure oh, yes. that the end customer uh, like you know really really gets connected to the product 
Hmm. I mean, you wouldn't, be, you would be surprised with the kind of things that they would want to do just to ensure that the customer experience is uh, amazing. So, I mean, that's the kind of passion that they show, and that's the reason we are excited to power them and empower them, right? So, yeah. Absolutely, I think it's a terrific observation. I think passion is definitely required at the end of the day to build such a terrific product, right? So, I think more power to such founders, and hope they continue with this same energy and strength and passion to keep building um, fun stuff for us and keep us occupied. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ajish. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm very very uh, like you know surprised with the kind of insights that you have. It's fabulous, yeah. Oh no no I so I keep interacting you know I, um, what's happening here and there and just I'm just I reflect a lot on things so maybe that's the reason but yeah <laughs> and I read about your journey I mean fabulous uh, really really I, I was I'm super uh, like you know happy that I got a chance to interact with you oh absolutely absolutely I mean that 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 was the idea of creation of Blitz business to interact and you know all the budding entrepreneurs we have a very strong base of listeners who are you know looking to start and such conversation really helped them to understand you know how to think what is the strategy how people are actually building taking decision uh, uh, in your position and everything so I think that's very important and um, I think people learn with help of each other so that's what my fundamental belief has been so i think yeah yep yep completely agree with you yeah great thanks a lot vijay i think it was terrific to talk to you enjoyed so much and i uh, got to think a lot you know how things will be moving up forward and definitely reignited you have reignited my interest into d2c again <laughs> yeah. uh, well. sure I, I hope you had something to take away and i hope all your listeners at least had something to take away from oh. this Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. I think they will thoroughly enjoy this one. I, I totally enjoyed it. So again, thank you, Vijay, for your time. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Ashish. Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.